Tencent, Alipay, Didi, TikTok. That's a list of some of China's largest and most successful fintech and tech companies. But it's also a list of companies that have recently been targeted by China's regulatory authorities for lawsuits, fines, and worse. Why now? In this edition of Commerce Code, what's next for fintech and tech regulation in China? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. China is the world's second largest economy, but it has also made a global name for itself as the leading country for commerce technology and fintech technology. Brands like Alipay and Tencent had developed innovative new products and huge market shares in China and abroad. A big reason for that success has been China's easygoing approach to regulation in technology and fintech. And that light regulatory touch has been credited with allowing innovation to thrive, especially in financial services and digital commerce services. Well, in the last several months, that has all changed. Tencent is the largest video game and social media company by revenue, and it also owns WeChat and WeChat Pay, used by nearly 50% of Chinese consumers. Earlier this month, Tencent shares dropped 10% in just one day on rumors that Beijing-based regulators would be targeting them next, in the same way that they've gone after Alipay, halting its IPO. Today, we go to Beijing, China, to speak with Bo Wang, the CEO of UWorld, to understand how the regulatory changes in China will impact fintech and digital commerce. And by the way, not just in China, but around the world. Good morning, Bo. How are you? I'm doing great. Bo, I'm speaking to you from San Francisco. I think you're across the Pacific from me today, right? Where, where are you today? I'm in Beijing today. Excellent. Now, Beijing is, of course, the political capital of China. It's the seat of the government. And the Chinese government lately has really been cracking down on tech and fintech. Companies like Alipay, Didi, ByteDance, the parents of TikTok, all of them have been the target of regulatory action. What is driving this? Why now? Put the general political background aside, I think anti-monopoly on tech giants is one of the reasons why this is happening. That actually eases up a little bit for the startup environment in China. So I can speak more on the fintech side. Similar to how the U.S. have evolved in, back in the days from unregulated and frauds happening a lot to more and more regulated. It's the general background for fintech in China now. So the financial industry in China hasn't been regulated enough in the past years. And now it's becoming more and more regulated to protect the individuals by being charged more interests and stopping all the frauds on them. So a good trend that we see now for the fintech regulators in China works with fintech innovators a lot more than before. So allowing startups to correct the non-compliant side items other than just shutting them down or jail the founders. So that's the good trend. 
And what is the reaction to these regulatory moves by the Chinese government in terms of the average Chinese consumer? You know, because the average Chinese consumer does have Alipay or WeChat Pay on their mobile phone. They might use DD to get to work. They might entertain themselves by using ByteDance apps, including TikTok. So how are they reacting to the government really cracking down on these companies? Well, there's no service have really affected so far. What well, were minimal service have been affected so far? There are a lot more alternative services to them as well. You know, Alipay, it's as big as it is. No services have been stopped to the general consumers in China. But instead, as I mentioned a little earlier, too much interest, no more interest than more than 24% is being charged allowed per year APR. So yeah, I see the consumers actually benefited from there. Just on the business operation side, it's a little harder for them. Great insight. Now, before the pandemic, China sent more tourists and business people outside of China abroad than any other country. And most markets outside of China really benefited from that. Japan, more than 50% of their tourists came from China. The U.S. has a lot of Chinese tourists and students come. And of course, Europe, particularly the large European cities that have luxury brands, including Paris and Milan, of course, they benefited from upscale Chinese shoppers and visitors. So in those markets, a lot of them want to know when will Chinese consumers resume their travels? When do you think it's going to get back to normal that we're going to see more Chinese business people and tourists returning to those markets? We want to ask COVID first, right? So that's actually what's happening. Why is stopping travelers? Hopefully vaccines will stop the whole pandemic sooner than later. So, you know, with the new Delta spread, it's a little harder. I think personally opinion here, we won't see this until the late next year. That's where the Winter Olympics starts, right? So that's also our next big growth by travelers resuming traveling again. So we hope it will back up sooner than that. So uh, late next year. Now, in many respects, UWorld, your company, you facilitate enabling Chinese consumers to purchase gift cards on their native mobile payment and currency, and you enable them to basically buy goods from other markets. Can you tell me a little bit about the products that you deliver to consumers to do this and also some of the new things that you've been doing, like neobanking? We're essentially utilizing the e-gift rails to connect to global wallets, right? The local wallets like Alipay, WeChat, or we're sending to other markets like Indonesia, Goji Pay, some other wallets in India, Paytm, or Japan. So we hope to utilize the e-gift service rails to allow them to pay using their local currency for those wallet users who have the trend to spend in other countries like US, European countries. And that's a great success. We hope to continue and grow that. But meanwhile, we like to extend our our service to our current customer base and growing into a larger audience as well by using a new banking product. We'd like to start by offering a digital wallet that connects to their local mobile wallets so that they can spend at more occasions using their local currency from those wallets. And uh, we definitely want to do card linking offers for those customers as well. So they can get the benefits of a card link offers using the currencies from their local wallets. 
So card-linked offers for Chinese consumers as they buy goods really from anywhere they want. And question related to that, how are Chinese consumers thinking about U.S. luxury retail brands in particular, and to a lesser extent also European luxury brands? Is there still significant demand to buy luxury goods cross-border from the U.S. or from Europe in China? Yes, the Chinese consumers are no doubt the largest luxury market spenders in the world. So more than 60% of luxury products are sold to Chinese consumers every year. So we see increasingly demands from customers to shop online since they can't come out and shop outside China now. So those like local styles that's not available in China, boutique brands that are not easily accessible in China, or some styles that sold out quickly in China as well. So we hope to really facilitate those transactions and allow users to get their products locally in their countries. We are facing the users who owns the local currency wallets within US, within Europe as well, but also we wanted to facilitate the cross-border transactions for those who's currently in China and willing to buy more outside China as well. So the demand is still very much there. Question about what's happening right now on the ground in China. The rest of the world has really been negatively impacted by the Delta variant. And we saw the end of the Olympics next door to you in Japan. And by the end of the Olympics, there was a really significant increase in the number of COVID cases in Japan. Is China controlling this Delta variant or are you having some outbreaks as well, like we're seeing in the U.S., Europe and other parts of the world? Yes, some small outbreaks happened in the last like month or two, but we're talking about a couple hundred cases at most, right? So usually it's only tens of people per day. So it's pretty well controlled here. That was a great success controlling the pandemic. So all the business activities within China it's pretty much back to normal besides the travel industries. Well, that's great, Bo. And I wish you and your team there in Beijing great health and really great growth as you navigate the new world we're all living in. And thank you for being on the show today, Bo. Thank you very much. Same to you. That's Bo Wang, the founder and CEO of UWorld, talking to us from Beijing, China. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on the future of regulation and big tech. It will not be lost on our listeners that the regulatory changes in China are mirror images of what's going on in the U.S. and Europe. And since most of our listeners are actually executives that make their living in fintech and digital commerce, well, our collective initial reaction to this global regulatory crackdown, well, it might be disgust or at least fear. But that might not be the right reaction. The reality is that well-functioning markets need well-functioning rules and well-functioning regulators. For example, can you imagine stock markets that lack market rules and a tough regulator like the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission? Well, markets like that don't survive. So the goal is not zero regulation. It's having just enough regulation to make the market work efficiently and grow. But in new, fast-growing industries like fintech and e-commerce, it actually takes a while for the slow-moving machinery of regulation to catch up with the fast pace of innovation. And that's actually what's happening now. That's why these crackdowns are happening. It's catch-up time for regulations and for regulators. And that, my friends, 
might not be such a bad thing. It actually might be good for the long-term health of fintech and digital commerce. To find out more about the latest trends in digital commerce, check out our website, www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares, signing off.